Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. More research in what causes math anxiety. How do you pronounce that word? Check the math growth mindset. My disability is invisible. Teach math visual. This is our podcast for week 8 in 2022. And we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Kuya Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. I'm happy that you decided to come back in because we have some very nice links and we need to check that always with you. Now, the first one is, uh, and I think that's that's the deal that we ended up last week. And this one is also about some more research into what exactly causes that math anxiety that is so cumbersome. What can we learn here? Yes, absolutely. Math anxiety is a real problem. Uh, many children have math anxiety and it totally blocks their ability to do anything math related. Once they can get helped over it, they will do fine and can understand the math lessons. But math anxiety takes the blood flow away from the calculation centers to the fight or flight centers. Um, And if that happens, you have lost their attention uh, for a minimum of 5 to 10 minutes, usually 20, and sometimes actually for up to 50 minutes, which is the whole uh, hour, be the whole ma- hour of, of math, math yeah. So prevention is key Definitely. here. Now, this is new research from Belgium and the UK, and they found that working memory, which, like I said, is key in math anxiety and in math functioning, is helped when people can spatially code their sequences from left to right. So they say that people who are good at spatial coding, spatial coders, they call them actually, have also better verbal working memory and better numerical order judgment and higher math scores. Basically, it is a very good finding that opens the way to explore to see if we can train that math anxiety away by spatially coding, making the things from one step to the other from left to right. I think that's a very good attempt, and if that helps, that would be great. So I think I think they probably need some more research into it, so that they uh, they can uh, they can find good methods to train that. Absolutely. Now the next link uh, is trying to teach us to pronounce that horrible word that everybody has difficulty with. <laughs> Did we get it right? Well, this is a podcast from Discastia about discoculia, so that's how I say it. I'm not saying that this is the only thing to do it. Uh, And they begin their uh, 45-minute broadcast with a short discussion about how to pronounce this word. They conclude that the calc in discalculia is uh, key. And they also talk about math with the British S at the end, and then go on about the content of Discoculia. Now, my read is here that uh, we haven't done it so badly. Maybe it's not uh, 100% correct how we say our Discoculia word. And actually, that it really doesn't matter. 
as long as people understand what it is. Right, and I think that's the that's the deal. As long as this computer gets some awareness, we don't really care about the uh, pronunciation, do we? No, no, exactly. And I said that this was a forty-five minute uh, broadcast. It's definitely worth your time. They, uh, amongst other things, underline the importance of uh, number lines, place value. Uh, the visual spatial sketch pad okay. and um, physical representations because pictures only usually do not work and if that is so please go back to hands-on materials so I totally agree with their approach I think it's uh, very worth your time to uh, spend 45 minutes on the Discastia podcast okay now, our next link encourages us to check the growth mindset, but how do we do that? Well, this is another fantastic link. It's created by Jo Bowler in Stanford, and she has created a rubric to help students uh, take stock of their math mindset. So it's like a self-audit. It's, yeah, it's like um, uh, they, she helps the students to think about, uh, like a metacognition, how they see their own functioning in math and um, are they part of the fixed mindset crowd or did they move on to the growth mindset okay so that is obviously an important uh, question now it's a wonderful tool just a few things to fill out to make your students aware of what growth mindset is and filling out this rubric is uh, not only a tool to check the mindset, but also an educational tool to make students aware of what is actually uh, important. And uh, it's simple to use, it's one page, it's very insightful, and I really feel that's a great tool that I'm sure uh, I will also start using with some of my students. Okay, well, that's good. And so you, you printed it off and you're going to now uh, you know, talk through it with all your students? Absolutely. Okay, sounds like a deal. Now, the next link says, my disability is invisible. What can we learn here? Yeah, this is uh, a very good observation. It's from um, Frontiers uh, for Young Minds, a journal for uh, psychological uh, information. We have cited that more often. It would be so great if people with learning disabilities would have some visible signs of it. So teachers and parents would have an easier time to notice it. And you can dream about for, maybe example, larger ears or different hair. <laughs> so yeah. then people with larger ears of different hair would be at risk for a learning disability. Like if they have Vulcan ears. <laughs> <laughs> the pointy ears from Dr. Spock and Mr. Spock. Well, we, we actually said often to, to our own daughter that it would be so much easier if her leg would be in a cast um, and then the teacher would be reminded that something is the matter and, and uh, be mindful of it. But unfortunately, the learning disabilities are invisible and it's good for the children to recognize that and to advocate for themselves as their issues are not obvious and, and can be easily ignored or forgotten. And here they also have a great article about understanding people with autism. Okay, okay. Well, that brings us to the last link for this week. And it says that math is visual. How's that? 
Yes, absolutely. This is um, uh, math is uh, a visibly connected uh, subject, and it should be um, presented in a visible way. And this is from mathisvisual.com. Well, that's a very good name for it. If we cannot show children what math looks like in real life, then you start wondering, why are we teaching it? I can show them the advantages of knowing the Pythagorean theorem. However, showing them an addition or multiplication of polynomials in real life is a bit more difficult. We may do it if we think about it. Uh, make a more complicated sketch of, say, a painting with a frame and calculating the difference in areas when we use a wider frame, but it's a, it's a far-fetched idea. So here uh, they show in a video an equivalent fractions made very visible uh, using a double bar model or a double number line model, comparing ratios between water and sugar, a great reminder for all of us to continuously try to find real-life examples <coughs> to relate textbook math problems. So certainly children with dyscalculia need that kind of explanation and preferably go on to do authentic problems that they can solve together. Right, absolutely. And I think that's also uh, the basis of the uh, adult uh, course that you're making, the video series, Math in Real Life for uh, adultdiscoculia.org. That, uh, my dear listeners, uh, is a project that Dr. Schroeder is working on and that will be coming out in the next few months. We don't uh, dare to name a deadline because we're always busy. But uh, that also will feature, uh, you know, math, but then applied in real life so that first you see what you're going to use it for and then we'll explain you what to do with it and how you can make your life easier with math. Well, having said that, thank you, Dr. Schroeder, for stepping in today. Hope to see you back next week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com and she is on a quest to work on the awareness and the remediation of Discoculia. And she needs help. And that help you can give if you visit her website DiscoCuliaTutorTraining.org DiscoCulia Headlines Weekly is a production from DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com You can find us on the web at DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com and we are on Twitter at DiscoCuliaHead You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard Search for DiscoCulia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts we hope this was useful for you, and until next week, you can count on us.